Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. All right, Al, are you ready for this week's topic? I am, although I do not know what it is, but I am ready. It is top secret. It's not really top secret. We just haven't connected prior to this conversation. So it has been a crazy week. It's well, you've had crazy week. weeks, and I've had a crazy week, and I'm impressed that we're even getting it done this week. So honestly, bravo to us. I agree. It's been quite a a busy time. <laughs> I was I was going to call it a rodeo, but that feels aggressive. So maybe not a rodeo. Anyway, without further ado. Well, never mind. That was a bad. You better just say it because Aunt Dina's already annoyed and she's ready to turn us off. I know. I feel like I should drag it out for just one more second so that she has to get to this point now. But (laughs) anyway, we're talking about Fashion Week. Ooh, Fashion Week, fun! So it is timely for when we're recording this. Obviously, whenever our listeners want to listen to this, hopefully it will be equally as interesting. But. New York Fashion Week just wrapped up last week. And as you know, I was in New York last week and it dawned on me as I'm riding in my lift to the hotel that there's all these very well-dressed individuals around me while I am in my like standard airport dress, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it is a comfy cotton dress that is below the knee with pockets uh, so that you can store all your things and you can sit on an airplane, but it also looks decent. So I have now coined this. Don't steal my idea. It will be in the next fashion week. But <laughs> I also thought it'd be fun to talk about the actual people and the money that goes into planning these. Um, I can't even imagine. How much is it in today's money? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done the conversion because it really stresses me out. Um, but it did start a really long time ago. So hypothetically, we could do that for the 100th hour if I have the energy. Okay. But for the time being, let's do a debrief on what Fashion Week is, and then we're going to jump into history, and then I got some fun facts for you. Perfect. All right. So by definition, a Fashion Week is a fashion industry event lasting approximately a week. Good job, Al. Pop quiz. Um, where fashion designers, brands, or houses, I'm saying this with air quotes and I realize now you can't see that, but air quote houses, display their latest collections in runway fashion shows to buyers and the media. These events influence the upcoming fashion trends for the current and approaching seasons. Makes total sense. Total sense. So what I did not No, I guess I knew, but I don't think I'd put it together is it really isn't for the public. It really is to plan for the next season and to allow the stores to purchase the clothes in which they want. It's a showcase for the buyers who buy for us who then go to the store. Correct. Which makes me think very much of the Devil Wears Prada where she was like, you think that I haven't influenced you, but I put it on this, blah, blah, blah. Right. I have actually seen that scene. Thank you. Thank you, Allie. Oh, that's going to be very loud for you editing. Sorry. I got way too excited about your rom-com knowledge. (laughs) Again, though, I don't know that that one counts as rom-com, but that is neither here nor there. Onward for Fashion Week. Okay. So I think there's a little bit more data we need to dive into just to kind of get the lay of Fashion Week land. So there are the big four Fashion Weeks. Today, we are going to talk mostly about New York Fashion Week, which kind of started it all. 
but there is also London Fashion Week, Milan Fashion Week, and Paris Fashion Week. Okay. So there are also dozens of other fashion weeks around the world that are representative of the cultures in those spaces or even just the countries and what their fashion styles would be. But in terms of global influence, those are the four that we need to know about. Those are the four main guys. Got it. Those are the big four. So each of the big four is known for representing certain styles. So you're going to see some kind of grouping in the types of styles you'll see. So for example, New York is definitely more wearable, sportswear, fashion that you might see. Think like Kate Spade, Marc Jacobs, you know, tangible, real fashion that you could wear, but is also still fashion. Out, I don't feel like I'm butchering this, but hopefully that's helpful. I, I understand what you're saying. Wearable. Wearable fashion is the word that they use. Okay. Wearable. So London is more for like edgy, avant-garde, wearable, but more impractical. Okay. So not something you'd wear every day. Correct. I really feel like the fashion people are going to come for me. I need you to know that I am recording this in a zip-up hoodie. I can't I can't help myself right now. But anywho, Milan is for over-the-top yet stylish looks, and Paris is really for haute couture. Milan is probably like stylish, edgy, kind of frilly but still wearable, whereas pa- Paris leans way into like avant-garde designer couture looks. Pure art, nothing you're ever actually going to wear on the street. Yes. Allie, you should really be doing this. You're doing an excellent job supporting. Thank you. Thank you. You know, for being the expert, I really feel like this is a team effort. (laughs) Okay. So most of these fashion weeks, or the big four at least, do take place twice a year. So you have spring, summer, and then fall, winter. The important thing here that always trips me up is that you're the season ahead. So when we're showing in the fall and winter or the most recent fashion week, they're actually prepping for spring of 23. Right. Yeah. So every time someone says like, oh, it's fall fashion week, I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's like cozy, warm sweaters and like big chunky boots. False. We're talking sundresses. We're talking next summer already. We're not even in this year anymore. (laughs) We're past it. I will say that at the end of this, I did pull up what are we forecasting for 2023 trends. I'm not behind all of it. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling like a lot of my fashion trauma from my teen years is going to come flooding back in because they're projecting low-rise jeans and I can't support it. No, we're not doing it. Also, that I've seen on Instagram is all these models, Ugg has a new micro mini platform boot. And all these models for Fashion Week in New York are wearing this Ugg mini platform boot thing. And now everybody already has to go buy them all. Like you already have to get on the wait list. What just happened to our good old fashioned Uggs, you know? I know, now they're micro minis platform. <sighs> you know, and here's the thing. I would argue that you and I each had a fashionable moment in our lives. I would argue, and I hope you don't take offense to this, me slightly more so than you. Oh, you've always been way more into it than me. But I got rid of all that stuff. So, like, I'm thinking when we're talking about, like, all these platform shoes and these chunky sandals, like, the black sandals with the elastic band over them, we owned those. Oh, 100%. And then we thought, we're never going to wear these again, because then we went to, like, tiny little kitten heels and stilettos, which I'm not going to lie, I'm really happy a chunky black heel is back, but, like, I'm never going to wear the black platform with the elastic band. I just can't do it. 
actually just saw a reel on Instagram where it was a millennial, which Amy and I are millennials. Yes, we should be very upfront about that. Yeah, and it was funny because basically it said, first the boomers are coming after us because they think we're ruining like the housing industry and you know not having kids and all this stuff. And then Gen Z's coming for us, but Gen Z keeps making fun of us, but they're bringing back all of our old-fashioned trends. So they're going to make fun of us, but they're going to dress like us. Yeah. Listen, the second they brought back those headbands that were hair combs, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That's how I grew my bangs out. They have not a single leg to stand on. Not a single leg. If you are investing in the butterfly clips and the hair combs as headbands situation, I support it. I say rock it. We all did it in the day. The second one of those get tangled in your hair, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want a sad TikTok about it. I don't want to see it on your Instagram feed because we warned you. Okay. And when your little love handles start spilling out over those low rise jeans and you have to pull down your little tiny polo shirt from Abercrombie and Fitch, I don't want to hear about it. I, I, I will never wear low rise jeans again. Never. I need to tuck everything in. Everything has to be in the jean. I would pull them up to my chest if that was allowable. I was just going to say, I need jeans that come up over my boobs. Everything. Maybe, that's, maybe that's too far. Honestly, overalls. We've got them. We need to embrace them again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh, I think we've gone too far down a rabbit hole. Also, I think everyone who was here for the Fashion Week content is now like, these women have no right to be speaking on this topic. Okay, let's talk history. The first New York Fashion Week was on July 19th, 1943, and it is the first ever air quotes, Fashion Week, which was actually for the media, which we're going to get into in a little bit more detail, but it's important to note that the first actual Fashion Week was in fact held in New York. So Paris began holding the couture shows in 1945. Milan Fashion Week was founded by the Italian Chamber of Commerce in 1958. Paris Fashion Week was further organized in 1973 under the French Fashion Federation. And the London Fashion Week was founded by the British Fashion Council in 1984. So that's when all of the big four were initiated. So New York was the first. Paris was quick on its heels in terms of the couture shows, but then organized uh, events started to take place. Wow. I didn't realize. Well, I guess now I was going to say I didn't realize how far back being interested in fashion would go, but come on, Ellie. Everybody's always cared about what they're wearing. Everyone's always cared. We've talked about swimsuits. Remember with the weights and the dresses? Yeah. But you make a good point because it really did influence the way that people learned about fashion. So the history of how Fashion Week started actually came from fashion parades. So let me break that down. So the first signs of a fashion week in history can be traced back to a fashion designer named Charles Frederick Worth. So the concept of fashion shows in Paris really originated when marketers used to hire women to wear couture items in public places. They would hire them to walk around racetracks or beauty salons to convince other women to purchase these goods. So then they worked to, right, it was like guerrilla marketing. We're just putting them out there. So once they started this kind of outreach, then they gradually became more organized events and they were called, and I apologize for my butchering of French here, de la fille de la mode. 
No, de la fille's de mode, just de mode, which translates to fashion parades. So it was a style show, which was made an entire occasion and organized. They would have themes and embellishments, and each one would typically be fashioned around the seasons very similar like we have now. Okay. In 1903, a Manhattan shop called Heinrich Brothers put on what they thought was the first fashion show in the U.S., which was also to lure, and I loved this phrasing, middle-class women into the store during the day. And I just thought, doesn't that sound (laughs) delightful? Just to be a middle-class woman in the store during the day. Lure me in. Lure me in. So by 1910s, many big department stores were following the same trend and holding their own parades which was an effective way to promote their stores and improve the status of their stores. So think of it as like a store holding a social event. You've now become a classier store in the mind of shoppers. So by the 1920s, fashion shows, which is derived from the parades, were being used by retailers across the country, and they often held them during lunch or tea time. And very similar to um, in Paris, they would develop a theme, they would be accompanied with a narrative or a commentary, and they were hugely popular and enticing crowds, with some even reaching the thousands. Wow. So think about that in 1920, thousands of people. That's crazy. Yeah. It did note that in 1950, one store in New York had to obtain a license to have live models due to the volume of their event. Wow. Right? Fascinating. Onward to how Fashion Week in and of itself was created. So on July 19th, 1943, the first ever Fashion Week in New York was held. Its main purpose was not the fashion part, but it was for the media during World War II when workers in the fashion industry were unable to travel to Paris. Okay, that makes sense. So it was an alternative to the French fashion industry, shopping, whatever you want to call it, buying. And it was a way for individuals in the fashion industry to expose the media to the new styles here to replace that. Until 1994, the shows were held at different locations and hotels or lofts. From 1994 to 2009, the event was held at Bryant Park. So you've probably heard of that name before. I recognize it, yes. Which is behind the New York Public Library. Oh, okay. Fun. The Lincoln Center was the Fashion Week venue from 2010 to 2015, and after which it moved to Clarkson Square as event venues in Soho and Manhattan filled up. So it's moved around quite a bit, but did have a couple stable placements over the years. So that is our little history. We've already touched a little bit on the fact that autumn and winter go together, spring and summer. They're usually ahead of the time. They've also introduced some new seasons, and I say that loosely, but they're calling it like pre-fall and pre-spring because of the demand for new fashion in our current society is being driven so much more quickly. So they are introducing new seasons, but they aren't necessarily represented by fashion weeks. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. So isn't like pre-spring still winter? Well, honestly, I would say it's a matter of opinion, probably. It's a matter of perspective, if you're being positive or negative, I guess. It's called winter and summer. That's pre-spring and pre-fall. Pre-spring and pre-fall. What I will say is it did make me kind of sad to hear that, and not necessarily because I'm against having new fashions. It's just, it seems so rushed and maybe a little bit wasteful. Yes, 
I was having the exact same thought. I mean, there's already so much waste in fast fashion. Maybe we don't need more. We don't need pre-season. So I do think, you know, they have some stuff where they'll make like super special like resort collections or they'll do more themed or specific things. I feel similar about those, but I guess then at least you're kind of doing it a little bit less frequently, but I don't know that we need preseason. It did note here that those are really more wearable commercial seasons, meaning like Macy's is buying for that or Nordstrom's or whatever, Bloomingdale's. Right. Yeah. So they're not obviously the same kind of avant-garde designs, but it does just feel maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. Also, I'll just interject real quick here. If you are somebody who is interested in sustainable and ethical fashion, check out the Instagram good on you underscore app app. So good on you underscore app. They rate different brands on how ethical and sustainable they are. Oh, well, I'm glad we brought that up then. It's very interesting. All right, sorry, interjection over, carry on, Amy. It was a good interjection. In fairness, that wasn't even my notes. It was just a side thought, so I'm glad we walked down that trail. But let's move into the economics of Fashion Week. I will say that my data is a little bit outdated. I couldn't find anything super current. Given the pandemic, it looks like maybe the data is a little bit all over the place. But as of recent, the fashion industry accounts for 5.5% of the city's workforce in New York. Wow. It pays $11 billion in wages, and it generates nearly $2 billion in tax revenue annually. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a lot of money. Those are some big numbers. Big numbers. So New York City's wholesale fashion market is one of the world's largest. It attracts more than 500,000 visitors per year to its trade shows. Overall, the industry garners more than $18 billion in retail sales, $72 billion in wholesale sales, and $8 billion in manufacturing sales annually. Wow. Big numbers. It's a big industry. Big industry. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And what's that in today's numbers? Uh, $72 billion, $8 billion. (laughs) The conversion is very similar. The city's semi-annual fashion weeks, which are the two we discussed earlier, draw approximately 232,000 attendees to more than 500 shows, creating a total economic impact of $887 million. 500 shows? 500 shows. So, Holy cow. I will say, I just did the Google. I used the Google, and I put how many shows in 2022 fashion week, and it was like 193. But then I was reading on a lot of other sites that it's several hundred. So my guess is that there's probably 193 that are recognized as part of the Fashion Week lineup. But there's probably hundreds that take place throughout the city for like smaller designers or niche brands or something like that. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So maybe that's a hundred hour deep dive, but at least there are hundreds or very close to hundreds of shows. That's still a lot. Right. So I do have a couple fun facts that I wanted to share before we dive into 2023 trends. So in September 21, meaning mid-pandemic, nearly 30% of New York Fashion Week shows were held virtually, where an estimated 33% were hybrid and in person. Okay. 
During the first fashion week in New York, which remember was primarily just for the press, only 53 of the 150 journalists that were invited attended. Oh, wow. That's not very many at all. Not very many at all. One of the most shocking facts I found was models in New York earn 48138 a year on average. So they're earning less than 50000 and sometimes are only paid in clothing. Okay, no. Right. The 10 highest paid models, including Kendall Jenner and Giselle Bundchen, earn a collective $109.5 million as of 2017, which truthfully, I kind of would have expected more, but given that I guess the average is less than 50000 maybe it all evens out. Yeah, that's crazy. So basically, if you are only a model. Yeah aren't very recognizable, but are still a working model, you're not making that much. You're not making that much. Or you're finding other avenues in like print and maybe it's less fashion week heavy. But I was really surprised by that number, especially given the cost of living in New York. But that's, I I digress. So when we're talking about couture designers, we talked about the fact that they don't typically show in New York, but many of them do show in Paris. So while New York is more ready to wear, Paris is more for haute couture, I did a little digging on what is the definition of haute couture. Also, I really hope I'm saying that right because how embarrassing, but we're going to roll with it. It sounds right. Haute couture. So haute couture has very specific roles for qualification. Translated literally, couture in French is dressmaking, while haute means high. These are garments that are created as one-of-a-kind pieces for a specific client. In the 19th century, an Englishman named Charles Frederick Worth, which we talked about earlier, would create one-of-a-kind pieces and send models into the racetracks and salons to sell these handmade goods. To qualify as an official haute couture house, members must design made-to-order clothes for private clients. With more than one fitting using an altier, which is a workshop, I'm making air parentheses here, that employs at least 15 full-time staff. They must also have 20 full-time technical workers in one of their workshops. Wow. Okay. So very specific rules. Yep. It says, I hope Couture House must present a collection of no less than 50 original designs, 5-0, Holy cow. That include both day and evening garments to the public every season in January and July. I did not know that there was this many rules. That is the qualification for haute couture. Okay, a couple more fast facts before we jump into trends. Shows typically only last 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah, I don't imagine that they are that long. Right? And I just think you're probably standing around like for 40 minutes beforehand. But anyway, there are technically 40 fashion weeks across the globe that have been documented. Okay, wow. Yeah. That's a good number. Not all shows are runways. Some are called presentations where the models stand and the viewers are just wandering around them. Oh, that's cool. Fashion week typically consists of clothing only and not many accessories are showcased at all. I can see that. Yeah. So this one's probably not as fun fact, but I think it's worth noting. So you don't buy tickets to fashion week. You are invited by the industry because it is typically for buyers in current years, they've invited a lot more influencers and celebrity to kind of draw attention to the brands, but technically there are not tickets. I did not know that. Me neither. I just assumed that, I mean, 
I figured people were invited because, you know, everyone talks about who's in the front row at what show and then who's sitting next to who. And that seems to be a big deal. But I figured all the rest of the people, like, I just like, oh, you know, I'd like a ticket to Michael Kors, please. No, Well, I mean, according to the Google, no such thing. But it makes sense if it's for buyers to decide what to get for their stores. That's, you know, that's the point. I, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. They're probably not think about it sitting like that. way in that back row being like, I can't even see what that dress looks like. Because Kim Kardashian's just hanging out up front. Well, I guarantee you what they're all doing is they're going to check Kim Kardashian's Instagram the next day in her stories and see what dresses she put in her stories. And that's the one that they're going to go buy. Honestly, that would be a really fun conversation to have with a buyer. Like, how do you know? If you are a buyer, please reach out to us. We would love to have you as an actual expert. And we'll talk about anything because I used to have a friend that was a buyer for dog toys. And I thought, what a fun job. Okay, that would be fun. That would be fun. It's like the people who name nail polishes. I still, I stand by the fact that this is the best job in the world, and I would like to do this when I retire. Oh, I'm going to be um, revulcanizing, so that's my retirement plan. Honestly, you and I, very different people. But honestly, we could that could work out. You, you just, we'll, we'll spread our cards out for hedge our bets. There, exactly. There you go. That took me a minute to get there. My brain is not keeping up. Anywho, let's talk about fashion trends for 2023 as our wrap-up. So I looked at two, what I would claim as well-known fashion publications to pull these from, and I've just collected them. So we have, according to InStyle Magazine, the top eight trends from New York Fashion Week that we'll see in 2023 is laid-back sheer. What does that mean? Like casual sheer tops. Okay, we used to do that all the time. I Thank you very much. I have a polka dot sheer top up in my closet right now. Hasn't been worn since early 2000s, but it's there. When we used to go out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you wear like a fancy little bra and a sheer top over it. That was your outfit with your jeans. That's it. Welcome back, 2000s. We've missed you. All right. So Casual sheer. Casual okay. sheer, laid back sheer. Oh, sorry. Laid back sheer. That's number one. Number two, bright green, like highlighter green. Okay, that's fun. Honestly, it makes me look tan. I support it. Number three, cargo pockets. No. Gross. Listen, I just convinced my husband to get rid of his cargo shorts. <laughs> he will be devastated to know that he's out of fashion, I'm sure. Number four, not your average button down. Okay, I don't know what that is. Like button down dresses or things with frills or just... Taking the idea of a button-down shirt and, like, fancifying it. Zhuzhing it up. Zhuzhing okay. it up. Uh, number five, fringe. Okay, fringe is fun. Fringe is fun. I love some fringe. Number six, they called it the Little Mermaid, which accounted for things, um, greens and purples and sequins. Okay. I The visual was perfect on that one. There you go. Then number... Seven is 3D florals, which is what you would expect. Florals are spring, groundbreaking, every time, everything. That's that Divorce Prada alley. No, I don't want 3D florals. Allison, did you not get my Divorce Prada quote? No, I did not. She goes, florals for spring, groundbreaking. (laughs) It's me every time. I mean, it's funny whether or not I get that that it's a quote or not. It's funny. But anyway, we're adding 3D to it, so the florals will stand up. No, I'm not in favor. All right, well, you don't have to be in favor. This is in-style opinion. 
you and I have already decided we're not doing half of these. We've just protested them. So fair. number eight for InStyle was cutouts. I don't know why anyone wants to see my like slightly lower side boob, but okay. <laughs> no one wants to see our slightly lower side boob, but there are some cute little things out there that people will want to see. They're sl- slightly lower side boob. I mean, I embrace it. If you've got the confidence to wear cutouts, I give you all the credit in the world. But I just think like that is my least favorite part of my body. Which, that's, I guess, a me problem. But I just think this little patchy skin part right here is not great. Do you think, like, cold shoulder shirts are going to come? You know, that's kind of a cutout. It's kind of a cutout. I hope not. Those were not my friend. Yeah, I, I owned a few, but not a ton. All right, let's jump over to Marie Claire. These are my okay. our final thoughts for 2023. So according to Marie Claire, I've got five. Okay. We've got expressive florals, which in my opinion, the cousin to 3D florals. Okay, okay. They also claimed fringe. I'm, I'm on board with that one. They claimed glitter. So, little bit little Depending. mermaid. Depending. I could maybe get on board with some glitter. They were the ones who said low rise. No. So, Marie Claire no. thinks low rise. Now, there's a fifth. And it's quintessential 2000, so I'm going to have you guess. I will give you a hint. Okay. They were a type of skirt. Like those bondage or bandage skirts? No, but the like the polar opposite of a of a wrap type tight skirt. Big? The bubble skirts. Gross. <laughs> no. Ah. <laughs> uh. All the fashion people are like, these two... Honestly, I'm not even sure I can claim expert on this one. It's just a topic I wanted to discuss. And I apologize if I offend anyone with my gross statements. I'm obviously being sassy and sarcastic. Everyone do what makes your heart happy. I called it slightly lower side boob. So we're not helping ourselves on this episode. But that is, in fact, all I have for Fashion Week. What I will say is I loved being in New York during Fashion Week. It was very cool to see all the people just living their best expressive lives. It is truly what triggered this topic because I just thought, why do all of you look so great? And then I understood. So more power to you. I don't support the low-rise jeans, but we'll see how bubble skirts play out. That is it. Thanks for letting me talk at you. I love it. And I love people who have a sense of style. I'm in awe of you, and I wish I could do it. They're like people who know how to do their makeup. I know. I just am fascinated by that skill. Yeah. Or people who just look put together no matter what. Yeah. All right. Do it that what you will. If you have any comments, corrections, fun facts, suggestions, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It is also our website, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 